Goodbye, boys. Dead shot. Guy shoots people. He's a crocodile. And he eats people. Burns people. You're possessed by a witch. And she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. Seriously. What the hell's wrong with you people? We're bad guys. It's what we do. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Alex. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, <laughs> and we're on episode 101. I don't know about you, Dane, but 101 sounds even weirder than episode 100. <laughs> Calling our podcast Alex is weird. <laughs> so, so, after you say that, it's all downhill. <laughs> we got, we just started. We're about done with January. We got 11 more months of Alex being our title and having a nice, short, and smooth intro to get to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for the future, we should just keep it short and simple. Rather than some complicated bunch of words. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even though the bunch of complicated words can be real funny, though. <laughs> yeah, especially when you screw it up. Yeah. Well, no one's going to hear it when it was into this episode, but I screwed up the intro for this one after <laughs> I said, hey. <laughs> Couldn't even say the second word out of my mouth. <laughs> it's kind of like, at least it wasn't that that awkward silence, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just continued on with it. I just went blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I don't know. Since I mentioned it, it's probably no point of editing it out since everyone knows about the mistake anyway. But <laughs> yeah, well. what are you going to do? You can't do anything, Tim. You just got to live with it. Yeah. Admit to your mistakes. That's what I say. Unless you killed somebody. Well, <laughs> I would hope someone would admit to that. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah, you're kind of right. But but not if you're the one that killed somebody. Yeah, and yeah, and... if you killed somebody, you're not probably the best person who's going to feel remorse. <laughs> Especially if you did it on purpose. You're just or if you did it on accident. Yeah, accident's a different story. I think some you'd probably feel really remorse about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're, we're getting this episode off on a dark path. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't. We, we need to lighten it up a little bit. But yeah. is Dark Knight Rises the right movie to lighten the mood? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what minute we're going to do. But Maybe I, the end? The yeah, end I guess the very dance. last shot. Yeah, where Bruce, yeah. Where Alfred sees Bruce and Selina, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that would be happy. Yeah, well, there's a few moments when Gordon gets the bad signal back, has a big smile on his face, and John Blake going into Batcave, so... Oh, yeah. Should hopefully have a good few happy minutes when we near the end. Yeah. But that's <laughs> way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still gotta make it through a bunch, a bunch more minutes of dark and brooding, depressing stuff, but... Yeah, because we, we, we have a little less than 120 more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in episode 221, we might be done with this i think when we do our last minute that should be the whole episode just in celebration of completing the dark knight rises minute by minute commentary just yeah. that whole episode be that last minute and that's it <laughs> or we should get somebody to edit all the minutes together yeah. and that can be our grand finale to this pointless exercise yeah, <laughs> yeah the key word you said get somebody <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Alex, Mark, 
or Mike, if any of you guys want to volunteer, be our guest. <laughs> yeah, because we definitely don't want to do it. But we got to make it there first. So let's continue on with this episode's minute by minute commentary episode or minute 52 to 53. So, Dane, are you all set? Yeah. All right. Let's begin in three, two, one, go. So we're continuing on with our first look at Catwoman. Wasn't this our last couple of episodes? This whole scene? Definitely the last one. Yeah. Uh, did you buy into the whole, you know, clean slate program? <laughs> did you know right away he was discussing with her? Yeah, I actually believed him, but maybe it's because I'm a sucker like her. <laughs> we got that shot of her pointing the gun, writing down, like, you see the city landscape. I don't yeah. know why, but ever since after the Dark Knight and we've heard reports about Catwoman being the main villain, that type of shot was something that I always wanted, or just pictured in my head, you know, Catwoman on a rooftop with the city behind her, because... That's what she does. She just goes from building to building, and you see the city landscape at night. So that shot perfectly captured what I had in my head when I started thinking of Catwoman being in the Nolanverse. Something about that shot always stuck out to me. It still does. Is it because it's cool? Yeah, that plays a big part, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're ending on a, oh, no. a note where it's going to be some good <laughs> ones coming up. <laughs> oh, man. I thought we were actually going to see Batman in this episode, in this minute. <laughs> I think definitely the next one. And I love the next sequences that play out. So yeah, hopefully it'll be a few minutes and not just like one or two episodes, but it'll last a while. As long as John Blake on Bruce's couch, hopefully the sequence will be as long as that. Yeah, because that was like five episodes that I'll see. Yep. <laughs> Saxon moved at a nicer uh, pace since then. It's like the scene's been moving along where we're not stuck on one segment for so long. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get stuck like that. I'm just trying to think ahead. Is there I, any scene that just drags on? Well, one that's coming to mind, but it's, I don't think it's necessarily going to be one that drags on because I can't wait to get to it, is the whole Bane and Batman fight in the sewers. And even just oh, yeah. Batman and Catwoman making their way to there, to Bane's lair in that segment where they're taking out his guards. Oh, those are great moments, too. So. Yeah, but that's kind of fast. That's like a highlight reel. Yeah. But when he gets to the actual Bane fight, I think that should last us a few episodes. Yeah, because that's a pretty long fight. Oh, I can't wait to <laughs> dissect that minute by minute. Well, we got to get through all this before we get to that. Right, we're, we're almost there. We're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary for this episode. So now we can move into our future topic, which is going to continue on the Batman movie topics. Because about two weeks ago, when Flash returned, on uh, CW, after that, they had a special about the dawn of the Justice League. And we were talking about it a few episodes, how, it was, how excited I was for it to kind of go back to those old days where we got sneak peeks at movies on network television. So I was definitely looking forward to it, especially what they had planned to show everybody. And boy, it did not disappoint. So we're going to be giving our reactions to what we saw on that special. And of course, the Suicide Squad trailer. So yeah, I guess... We'll go with the Suicide Squad trailer first because that, since it aired on the East Coast and we're on the West Coast, we got to see that before the actual special since they put it online as soon as it aired on the East Coast. So, yeah, Dane, what did you think of the Suicide Squad trailer? Because you and me were big fans of the first one. And even before that, yeah. 
the marketing like they released those cool posters i love those posters that just has those like drawings of like skeleton faces of all the villains on there it's just really mm-hmm. cool something different and it's kind of getting you more and more pumped up for it and then we got the trailer so what'd you think yeah it's really selling it for me um you know harley seems to be the main focus of these trailers and you know uh, margot robbie's nailing that um, it, it seems like they're not taking themselves very seriously, which is a good thing, because when you think about the Suicide Squad, you don't really think about that serious Dark Knight Rises sort of theme, you know? Yeah. And it seems like they're not taking themselves super serious, which is great. And I have to say, with this trailer, I think I think I'm starting to get over the fact that uh, Will Smith is in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I was a little, you know, scared about that because his last couple of movies haven't, haven't been the greatest things in the world. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm starting to warm to him. You know what? I got to say, since you brought Will Smith up, to me, he seems to be like the afterthought of Suicide Squad because everyone's focusing on, you know, Joker and Harley. Yeah. But Will Smith's Deadshot is looking awesome, especially in this trailer. He, he's nailing the character the way they have the guns on his arms and the way the poses that he makes when he's shooting those creatures out i mean that looks like the dead shot i, I always know and want to see on screen and he's even though he's not going to wear it all the time but there are a few shots where he has his classic mask and i think it looks great so to me he's kind of like i don't want to say the underdog of the movie but i think we should be talking about his portrayal of Deadshot more because he's, i think he's getting a little bit overshadowed and i think he looks great and they just proves out more with this trailer but yeah, and he he's barely in this trailer. Yeah. That's the that's the great thing because you know it's only a couple of shots, but it it kind of leaves a lasting impression, you know. Exactly, and Deadshot is always the main character of the Suicide Squad. I mean, usually Rick Flag is the leader, but amongst like the villains they recruit, Deadshot's always the one who takes charge. Because Rick Flag, some of the stories I know of, he always like seems to die. <laughs> that Deadshot has to take over, but we'll see if that happens here. But it looks like they're going to nail his character. And just for how the trailer begins, I mean, I thought it was great that they used Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> as the song to get the trailer. Through, or for the whole trailer, at certain moments, they would stop to hear a little line of dialogue from different characters. And then it builds up, you know, to the great moment in the song where it gets all the, the hard rock portion of it comes up. And then you see all a bunch of cool action bits play out in the trailer. So, yeah, just from the way it was edited and put together, I thought it was better than the first one, which, again was a good trailer but you brought out a good point how the first one it did have a more serious tone to it where this one they're embracing more you know the craziness of the suicide squad and the characters that we're going to see in it but at the same time too i think it's a nice blend where we do get a little you do know there's going to be some serious moments but there's going to be like i don't want to confer as refer to it as a comedy but the more wacky side of the team and you know how crazy a lot of these characters are especially with joker harley and some of the other members of the team we're going to see. So, yeah, I mean, so far it's clicking on all cylinders and just making you more excited for it. Yeah, but I have to say the the best part of the trailer to me was that weird acid bath thing uh, with Joker and Harley. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it was... Was he creating Harley? <laughs> you see, I've seen a lot of people say that, and I can see that, but I yeah. actually think it might be the end sequence where she jumps in there for some reason he goes in after her and it's like the chemicals in there are getting rid of you know the hair color that she has the purple and blue 
because it seems to be you see it streaming in the acid or the chemicals that's in there's almost to the effect that where it looks like it's coming off so but then again it looks like they're taking a lot from the new 52 origin story of her and joker does put her in a vat of chemicals that you know bleaches her hair and her skin to make him like him yeah. or make her like him so they could go that route too but just the way i for me anyway when i first saw it i got the impression that she went in there already as harley quinn and some of that hair color is washing away but we'll have to see but again yeah <laughs> this makes you intrigued like what's going on in here like why is joker going in after her and where does this take place yeah and <laughs> Joker yeah, and to... is... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say um, that that shot of that uh, of Joker's uh, Lamborghini mm. is it being chased by the Batmobile? Because I, I've tried to pause it, but I can't get it clear because it's a moving shot. Yeah, I couldn't get a good look. Yeah, either. yeah. Was, <laughs> was it being? Because sure. we know Batman's in it <laughs> in in this movie. Yeah, definitely in that sequence too. Yeah, yeah. It but probably was that is. the Batmobile? Yeah. It would make perfect sense. Yeah. But yeah, Joker too. Even seeing more of him in this trailer, I'm getting more sold on Jared Leto's portrayal and just this version of Joker uh, that we're going to see in this DC extended universe. I mean, he was... But the first time we saw him, we saw him talking to somebody. I think it was... It might have been the guard who was causing trouble for all the Suicide Squad members as they're rounding him up, where Joker says uh, that line about... I can't remember it, but about uh, the new toys or something to that effect, almost like the Jack Nicholson yeah. line. But from that first shot we saw of him, I just was taken back of how more, much more so than we saw in the previous show, how he looks like the Joker near Just you got the bright green hair, the white uh, color of his skin is standing out more. It's just classic Joker. And I just love the, I guess the color palette that they're using for the moments with the Joker. It's, it's nice and bright and it's a little, not all the shots, but once he has it in his more his purple outfits, and you can does feel more like that bright flamboyant Joker. And looks like we're going to get a good mix because almost every shot in the trailer is wearing a different costume <laughs> or uh, suit or whatever. Because there's that shot, which shot, probably my favorite one is where he's in the tux and he's just blasting off that machine gun, laughing hysterically. Then that's classic Joker right there. But <laughs> I'm just getting excited about the different kinds of looks and styles we're going to see the joker because we know he had a lot <laughs> during his time in the comics and judging from certain sequences that we know that are going to be in the movie it looks like we're going to be jumping back and forth as far as flashbacks so we can see like different iterations of the joker that we've seen and know before from the comics and different storylines i think that's going to be really cool have you gotten over the the uh grill i'm pretty much over it i'm still <laughs> Not a big fan of it, but it doesn't take away anything where I go, eh, look at them, look at those grills. <laughs> or look at or, that grill. Or is that a face. grill? Or yeah. is that his teeth? <laughs> exactly, but I'm not thinking about that anymore. When I, when I watched the trailer for the first time, that really didn't come to mind because, you know, I know it's there, it's not going away, so just kind of having that acceptance of it. Yeah, and going back to Harley, I think Margot Robbie is, like, nailing it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Everything we've seen... She seems to understand who Harley is. So, I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, she had some great lines in this trailer. I mean, my favorite is probably the end where she just, they're all walking, she smashes that class, <laughs> picks that purse, like, we're bad guys, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another line about hearing the voices in her head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, for some reason, 
I just love that scene where she's drinking the tea and oh, yeah. she has her pinky up. I don't yeah. know why. It's just, it's just great. I know. And Killer Croc, we got more of him too in this trailer. and He's looking good too. And I know some people are kind of wishing he was CG. And I know I've heard people saying, oh, he looks great just with the prosthetic makeup. And because there's so many different Crocs you can do now, the big gigantic lizard creature that we see in the Arkham games and Croc who's, more human but has the scaly skin and looks like they're going with that route and if since they're going that way it's looking fine to me but if they want to go with that croc version looks like they're bringing it to life well and I'm curious to see how much they're going to mention his uh i guess confrontations with batman at all or how many characters are going to be you know referenced that they dealt with batman is that going to be like a scene in the movie where they each talk about the time they went up against batman kind of like almost got him for Batman the Animated Series. Because <laughs> it seems like they're all characters that Batman could have dealt with, maybe except Captain Boomerang since he's more associated with Flash, but everyone else it seems like he'd have some ties with. Do you like the humanoid croc, or do you like the more uh, monster, crocodile-looking croc? See, I, I like both. Uh, I know some people always have a preference, but I can live with both but if i had to pick one as my favorite i'd probably go with the more humanoid one because that was yeah. the frog i was first exposed to from nightfall and batman the animated series yeah because i i preferred the more monster kind of crocodile looking croc but mm. after uh i think he's in hush right he he's in the yeah. beginning of hush because i know jim lee drew him and i remember looking at that uh at that croc and i was like yeah this is how a croc should look and it's how he looks in the movie. Yeah, I mean, one's the, where he has the snout and looks just almost like a crocodile. <laughs> yeah, That's the one I probably my least favorite. But if you kind of go how he is in the Arkham games, that's kind of as far as the extreme of him looking like an actual lizard creature I would go. But there's been so many of them now. <laughs> he could pretty much do whatever you want with the character. But I would, I would love to see you know, the blue skin from the animated series version of Croc show up on screen. That would look cool and not probably not very hard to do, I would imagine. If they could do the Croc how they're doing in Suicide Squad, they can easily do the animated series one. I wonder if they can do uh, Clayface. Do you think they could pull that off with prosthetics? Or no. would they need to do a CG? No, I think you'd have to be CG. I mean, not him, you know, looking like Java or whatever, but him more like a humanoid croc-looking bad guy. They, if they wanted to go that route, they probably could do prosthetics, but I want to go... If they're going to bring Clayface, I want the full-blown mud monster Clayface like mm -hmm. from the animated series. I want them to go all out. Because like, that could look really cool. And if they want to bring that character into this universe, don't you know dim him down and try to make it easier. <laughs> Just go all out. Because you could easily do a Clayface character with CG. I don't think that should be a problem at all. And you can have some awesome like CG effects, too, with how he shapeshifts. They can kind of replicate that moment in the animated series where he's going crazy from seeing those shots of him as an actor. And he keeps shapeshifting, yeah. and they're kind of mixed. And like two uh, faces are mixed into one, and it just keeps going off and off. That would be awesome to see in live action. So for, what, Suicide Squad 2, maybe? <laughs> if they want to bring Clayface <laughs> into it, make it that one. That episode of the animated series used to always freak me out when I was a kid. Yeah, I could see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he he would put that lotion on and then, you know, he'd be all like his face would like contort and stuff. Mm -hmm. That used to freak me out <laughs> when <laughs> I was a kid. 
Yeah, I could definitely see why, especially if you were a young kid when it's when that episode first aired. Or even the um, is it the first? No, it's the second part of the the two face two parter. That one used to freak me out when I was a kid. Just because of two face. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know why. <laughs> well, he doesn't have the most pleasant face to look at, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe not as bad as that Matt Hagen clay face when he puts the cream on, but yeah, yeah. maybe one notch below. <laughs> but yeah, Suicide Squad is looking awesome. I'm excited for it. And I, I love that I'm finally getting that feeling like I do with the Marvel movies, knowing that movies in set in that universe as different as they are, are set in the same universe. And when you see Batman v Superman and you see the Suicide Squad trailer, uh, I just get so pumped up knowing that they're in the same universe. We're getting these two movies in the same year, and Batman v Superman's kicked it off in just a little over two months now, and that, <laughs> can't wait for this thing to get going. But let me ask you this real quick, because I've been seeing a lot of reactions from people about the Suicide Squad trailer, a lot of positive reactions, which is cool, but I've noticed quite a few people saying they're more excited for Suicide Squad than Batman v Superman. Did this trailer had that effect on you too, or is Batman v Superman still your most anticipated? Yeah, I'm excited for both. I can't <laughs> pick one. Uh, I wasn't too keen on the Suicide Squad movie, but after this trailer and seeing everything that they've been putting out, especially like the promotional art and stuff that David Ayer's been putting up. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty much sold on this movie. Yeah, for me. As much as I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad, nothing's really taking over my excitement and hype for Batman v Superman. <laughs> I mean, pretty much everything I've seen from that is looking really, really good. And even though Suicide Squad looks awesome, that has not taken over my hype for Batman v Superman. I don't think it's ever going to. Now, as far as what the movie ends up being better, <laughs> we have to wait and see. But Batman v Superman is still my number one. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like a hardcore Rick Flag fan, <laughs> Killer Croc fan. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about the trailer too, before we move on, what do you think is that creature <laughs> that was in the subway? Like, I was going to ask you the same exact thing because <laughs> I I have no idea. Is I know. that Dark Side? Is that Dark Side? Because I know there's that rumor that Justice League is going to have Dark Side in it, mm. but maybe uh, maybe they're just leaving a little breadcrumb in Suicide Squad, but... Yeah, I don't think it's I don't know. but yeah. it's like, what is that thing? It yeah, doesn't I look like no anything idea. I'm familiar with in the DC universe. I mean, it it does have like, plant tentacles, so you think it's poison ivy, but I don't think that's going to be it at all. No. And you see some of those creatures out there fighting outside and in one of those buildings. It looks like it could be minions of that big creature in the subway, because they, they look strange. They look like almost like Swamp Thing type yeah. uh, look and feel to them that they're taking out. So I'm expecting kind of an Avengers climactic ending where they're taking out all these creatures in, in the city and in buildings and all that, and eventually leading up to whatever that big threat is. So I'm also thinking maybe it's tied to Enchantress because she is still kind of a mystery. I mean, Rick Flagg mentions her as part of the group in the trailer when he's mentioning all their names and what they do, but yeah. we don't really see her with the team at all. So yeah, and there's a couple of shots that were um, uh, sorry I forget the the actress's name, mm. uh, but she it, it looks she looks like a normal person. Yeah. In the trailer, and I'm just wondering what that is. Yeah, it, is think... that like a flashback or is that like her 
acting normal. Yeah, because we're definitely going to see her because she gets taken over like by some witch entity or something. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're going to see that play out or like you said, we're going to get flashbacks. And that's another thing like is like the witch that's in control of her trying to bring out these creatures from another dimension. I know that's been speculated on too and that's what they're dealing with. And then you got the Joker sitting there like, what is his role going to play in all this? Because <laughs> before we were theorizing about maybe the Suicide Squad or have to take Joker down for something he's going to do, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And at the same time, we know for sure Joker is not part of that team. So he's like the wild card in this whole story. Yeah. How is he going to play out? And that's what I'm really most excited to see. It is besides the Joker and Harley relationship, which we're going to see for the first time on live action, just seeing how Joker fits into all this. And I know we're just going to get some great moments with him, not just with him and Harley, but him and the other suicide squad members. And, potentially batman too i know we got that moment in the first trailer where batman's on the top of his car but will joker get away or will we see batman confront him and actually have some dialogue with him so all that stuff and the possibilities that are in this movie just has me super excited and uh yeah just can't wait to get again not just for suicide squad but just this whole dc extended universe to kick off with batman v superman yeah and going back to the enchantress thing I mean, she, she's got to be playing a a major role in this because you bring up a good point. It could be that witch that's ta- taking over her body or whatever. Uh, because why would they focus on her? You know what I mean? Yeah. For, for this trailer. She's not really, you know, a Harley Quinn, a Joker, Deadshot, Rick Flag. So why would they focus on her? You know? Yeah, there is something to her because he was in that shot where she's in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. She's like talking to Amanda Waller and this other officials in there, like saying, like, let's have some fun or something to that effect. So is she talking to Amanda Waller, like threatening her, or as part of the team, like yeah. why they do something different? So uh, who knows? Hopefully, it's not gonna get or feel too congested with plots and characters. I don't think it is, but. I mean, like I said, we got Joker, you got the team, you got Enchantress. If she is the main threat, and if she's not the main threat, we there is that other threat that we see in the subway and those creatures. That's just going to be another element to it if it doesn't tie into anything else. So, But that's not something I'm really worried about. I got confidence in David Ayer and everyone involved that they're all going to make it work and play out to where it doesn't feel like it's too much. Hopefully, Tim. Yep, we'll find out in August. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a long wait. Yeah, but thankfully we got some little movie coming out in March to hold us over till then. But <laughs> what movie is that, Tim? Uh, it's I can't think of it. <laughs> Bat versus something. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? That, that, it's not going to do any money. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to make anything. <laughs> Straight to DVD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why even go to the theater and check it out? <laughs> but yeah. Moving from the Suicide Squad, ah, Suicide Squad trailer to the CW special Dawn of the Justice League. Now, Dan, did you see the whole thing, or did you just see like some of the clips they showed? I have not seen it. Okay. Yeah, because because I, I don't have TV. So. <laughs> I would suggest maybe searching on YouTube if they have all the cool elements in there, because man, I was pumped for DC movies already but seeing this man it took it to another level because you just got that feeling where it's actually happening they're showing us stuff we got jeff johns talking about it we they had interviews with some of the cast members from the upcoming movies like flash they had to talk to ezra miller dr jason momoa about aquaman and they talked to the actors playing cyborg ray fisher i believe 
and just t hearing them talk about their characters, how excited they are, and how they're going to be portrayed, and then showing the concept art of them, and, and it's all just looking really, really cool. And of course, they couldn't end it without Jeff Johns reassuring fans and mentioning that, yes, Green Lantern is going to be back. <laughs> the Green Lantern Corps is going to be part of this universe. And uh, they're going to, of course, they have their movie in 2020, but it looks like they're going to be playing a role in Justice League. But they, he said Justice League universe, not Justice League movie. So kind of what I'm thinking, probably we're going to see the first main six, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman in Justice League. And then maybe... At the end, they think they've defeated whatever the threat is, if it's Darkseid or someone else. But then probably Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart, they're going to come at the very end kind of saying, no, you have no idea how big this threat is. It's not just for Earth, it's for the whole universe. And <laughs> they kind of get um, taken into you know the cosmic realm and knowing what the universe has with uh, Guardians and all the different species and alien races out there. So I think it... Justice League One's gonna be set on Earth, and then probably Justice League Part Two is gonna be more on the cosmic scale, getting the Green Lantern Corps involved. So yeah, I just can't wait, and I think for sure it's gonna be we're gonna be seeing Hal Jordan and John Stewart because when they were showing a montage of artwork, they really made a point to show a lot of images of Hal Jordan and John Stewart, and at the very end, the last shot was both of them together. So that should hopefully please all the Green Lantern fans who were kind of debating which one should be used. Let's just not. Let's just put the two most popular ones in there, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, to have it be a win-win for fans. Except, I guess, if you're counting on Kyle Rayner or Guy Garner. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be <laughs> in it, but all that stuff was really cool. So, and hearing Kevin Smith and Jeff Johns talk about it, it was awesome. So, I would definitely recommend checking that out. But the highlight of it has to be the Wonder Woman footage that was shown. <laughs> so, did you check that out, Dane, online? No, I still haven't seen it. Uh, you got to check it out because <laughs> I was shocked just that they had footage because when they had the announcement, when they said you're going to get your first, first look at Wonder Woman, I thought it was just going to be, you know, shots of them filming. You get some behind the scenes look at it. But no, it was almost like trailer footage. We've seen we saw Wonder Woman battling some World War, World War One soldiers. We saw her on horseback with Steve Trevor. Um, there was this really awesome shot where. Uh, we see her just walking and you see like a, a mustard bomb smoke going off and she's just walking right through it with like not phasing her and seeing her in action looks really cool. And it was all together maybe about 15 or 20 seconds if you combine all the footage, but man, it sold me on that right away. I just love the look of it. The time period set in World War One, it's kind of it has a more like foggy, hazy look to it. It's not out like bright in sunshine. It does have a more, I don't want to say darker tone, but a more gray tone where I think it's somewhere in the middle where it's not so light and not so dark, but I just like the look and feel of it. And yeah, we're going to be in for some good stuff. I mean, it was just a nice treat to get actual footage. And we've seen a little bit of Gal Gadot in those Batman v Superman trailers, but seeing her just by herself as Wonder Woman, I think she's nailing it. Unfortunately, we didn't get to hear any dialogue from her, but she definitely has the presence down. And yeah, it just made me more excited to see her in Batman v Superman and knowing that, sure her movies right. are ready in production and it's coming i mean how can you not be excited about that so i haven't heard her talk right nope yeah <laughs> that's like the last thing we need <laughs> but, but what i don't get is uh in the batman versus superman trailer it seems like batman and superman don't know who she is yet mm. this movie is going to be set in world war one and i'm sure there would have been some kind of report about a woman wearing armbands 
with lasso hmm. and a sword and a shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it could helping the allies or whatever. Yeah, because I think from what I've heard is that probably by the time the Wonder Woman movie is over, yeah, something might happen where she doesn't feel you know mankind doesn't deserve to be helped I guess by the animals because that's the whole thing in the movie where Jeff Johns was talking about how Diana goes to you know our world because no other Amazon would do it they feel mankind's not worth the help or worth saving but she does so maybe when she does she does what she has to do with Steve Trevor and at the end something kind of you know happens to her where she feels maybe the Amazons are right it's not worth protecting and she goes back to the mascara and then maybe in Man of Steel the events of that brings her out and of course, in Batman v Superman, we're probably going to see her in action, or maybe it's something where she stays, but she, you know, doesn't have the Wonder Woman persona for whatever reason. She decides to leave that behind, but stay amongst the humans, just as Diana Prince. But and then, you know, of course, like I said before, the events of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman kind of forces her to don the Wonder Woman costume again. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think those are probably some of the possibilities that. Yeah, yeah, be but reason. still, there were there still would have been some kind of report of a woman on a battlefield. I'm sure there was. And I mean, we don't know. Maybe Bruce is going to know that when he sees Diana Prince, he might make some comment about that where, you know, kind of tries to play it off where he doesn't know who she is, but he really does. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of no, what I'm saying. No, because you were talking about this and um, I was like, yeah, but they seemed like they, they didn't know who she was or what she was. And yet she fought in World War One. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it should be interesting how they bring that out. Yeah. Well, they technically they didn't say who is she. They were in the trailer just asking, "Oh, I thought she was with you," or "No, I thought she was with you." They didn't really say who is she or what she, like who is this <laughs> girl who's coming to help us. They were just kind of wondering, "Did you know her or do you know her?" <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but still. I mean, I'm sorry. I know this is a little nitpick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll explain it away, but... Uh, admit it, Dane. Like, You're not excited anymore because of that. No, I'm still excited, but <laughs> it just I'm just trying to piece it together before yeah. we see anything, you know? But, like, if you look at the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, those are battles that were really well recorded mm-hmm. in history. And so World War One was probably well reported, too. So you would have some kind of report. I don't know. Or maybe she'd <laughs> yeah, just... you know, off-the-book missions where they were really top secret and Steve Trevor was the only one who knew about it. Like maybe was the only survivor and never talked about it, something like that. Yeah, I guess so. I'll, I'll just go with that, too. <laughs> I have a feeling, too, the movie's going to end, or at least I hope it does, where kind of like the Justice League episode, the uh, the Savage Time, where they go back to World War uh, two and she meets steve trevor and then at the end of the episode in the current time she goes to like an old uh folks home and she sees steve trevor while he's all old and she's still young i have a feeling maybe well technically steve no, trevor like, be dead. yeah we can't see that because he'd be 100 yeah. years old so yeah maybe it'll take like we'll see it in you know like the 70s or 80s or something like that where she meets him again as an older man and then goes up to the current time period so Unless Steve Trevor is one of those guys who just fortunate enough to live to a hundred. <laughs> yeah, kinda that's like, not too uh, far, I believe. Kind of like uh, Tom Hanks' character from The Green Mile. <laughs> there you go. You know what I don't get about that movie? 
with that. It's told... I can't help but feel that that movie is told through... And the book, I guess. I haven't read it, but... I can't help but feel that 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 movie is told by an unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. Because, just think about it. it. It's narrated by an old man living in an old folks home. Now, what do old people get? <laughs> Memory loss. And if you're my grandma, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, things that will make you forget, make, make you make things up, forget about things, you know? So he could have just been ma- uh, making all of that up. Right? Technically, he could have, oh, right? You bring up a good point, actually. What, yeah, what if it's all just a lie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, a guy from the 19, what is it, 1930s, 40s, whatever time period it is that gives him long life and, uh, you know, could bring things back from the dead and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you're you just know? taking part of that whole movie now. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about that because... Yeah, maybe, I mean, I guess the hopeful peop- hopeful parts of us would think that he's telling the truth that this really did happen. But you got to think of it like <laughs> it's being told by an old man, a very, very old man who can't live by himself anymore because he's living in an old folks home. So that means he's probably, I hate to say it, at the end of his life, right? Hmm. So he could just be making all this up. (laughs) That whole movie could have been made up. (laughs) That would have been like one of those twist endings where he tells the story and it's all over. Then someone, you know, becomes, yeah, unfortunately, his memory is going and it kind of leaves you on a more depressing note. Like, okay, so was that all real or not? Like you said, (laughs) Yeah, and it's, I don't know. I I was also thinking about the, the Tom Hanks movie, Castaway. Oh, okay. What if he died, not on the island, like he, he, he got off the island, right? He made his own life raft or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What if he died on that life raft? Because, I don't know, like you, you, you watch all those scenes at the end of that movie when he gets back. You know, he has a hard time sleeping on, you know, bed. He goes back to his wife who's moved on and then he delivers all the packages and stuff like that. But if you really watch that scene, it seems very, very sanitized, meaning it, it almost seems like a dream. Hmm. So you haven't so, seen that movie in a long time. So I don't remember exactly how the ending plays out, except he yeah. does get back. But, you know, his wife moved on and all that. So I don't know. It, it, it's. Tom Hanks makes some good movies, man. <laughs> he sure does. You like, you like putting the depressing spin on him, though, Dean. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just like Forrest Gump, another another Tom Hanks movie. He could have just been making all that stuff up about <laughs> bubblegum shrimp, about you know uh, playing for the University of Alabama, uh, the ping pong champion, <laughs> ping pong champion, Vietnam. Uh, what else did he do? <laughs> The, where he the, walked or the, ran across the whole country pretty much. Yeah, you could have just been making that up. <laughs> right? Well, regardless, it made for a great movie, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. 
<laughs> not going to be a new segment picking apart Tom Hanks movies that <laughs> make them more depressing. Well, I mean, if you think about a Green Mile, Forrest Gump, and uh, Castaway, it's kind of told by unreliable narrators, <laughs> right? I mean, Castaway is kind of the exception, but Forrest Gump. And uh, Green Mile could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Make valid points. <laughs> can't argue with it. But. I don't know. How do we even get on this subject? <laughs> Talking about Steve Trevor as an old man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but hopefully we won't be picking apart the Wonder Woman movie, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad movie as like unreliable storytelling. <laughs> no, Wonder Woman's really dead or something. Yeah. <laughs> Batman v Superman's all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that theory I've heard before where what if Bruce Wayne is actually like in an insane asylum and he's just created the world of Batman and the rose gallery that he has is like other inmates in there and stuff like that. I've yeah, heard theories be. on that. like, I don't like reading that. That makes me, you know, too depressed as a Batman fan to even think of the possibility of that being true. Well, I mean, it could be because if you think about losing your parents realistically. Yeah. And let's say you're like Bruce and you never get over it. Yeah. It could end up leading you to an insane asylum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those theories, that's kind of the main thrust of it. Like a little yeah. kid coping with that and growing up, like not letting go and kind of losing it. It is right. a possibility, but yeah, it's one I don't like to think about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So. That Dawn of the Justice TV special was well worth the wait. It got me so excited for this DC Extended Universe. And, man, to be in a time where we DC's getting their foot on the ground with movies that are looking really, really good. Star Wars in full, sw- full swing now after The Force Awakens. Upcoming Marvel movie slates are looking great. And just great time to be a geek all the way around. So <laughs> it's just as excited as it was to also have, like, a finally moment. Remember... Like in our early episodes, we kept saying how, man, Warner Brothers and DC, they're just so scared to get their comic book characters in the movies off the ground. They don't even like to talk about it. But now they're finally talking about it. They're showing us stuff for what they have planned, not just in the immediate immediate future, but further down the line, too. So hopefully everything works out great and we get all the movies they have planned in that original slate they released about a year ago. And it all goes smooth with Batman v Superman, despite I know reactions on that movie are going to be split. I have no doubt about that, but I think it'll be enough, uh, fine. It'll be a financial success. And I think enough anyway, people who will like it to be excited about all the movies moving forward. So now we just got to play the waiting game, (laughs) even though it's gotten real short as we're moving into February and about to hit March. So Good times yep. are ahead. Well, we already waited for The Force Awakens, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> that was the hardest one. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. We can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so what if you had to wait 25 years for Batman versus Superman? Uh, <laughs> it kind of feels like we have without having these characters ever meet on screen. But thankfully, we had the Nolan movies. To, yeah. It was pretty occupied for almost a decade. So that was good. But moving on to some news topics that we've had, a lot of big stuff happening or about to happen <laughs> pretty soon. And the first one is that looks like Scott Snyder and Greg Capillo are going to be leaving the Batman title in the near future. And this one's kind of weird because, Dane, have you seen like those cryptic tweets from like Jim Lee and Dan DiDio? And there's rumors going around about DC doing another relaunch. 
Yeah, um, the rebirth mm-hmm. is what they're calling it, yeah. right? So there's been rumor reports that they're going to do another. Well, we officially know it's rebirth because Jim Lee and Dan DiDio have tweeted images that say rebirth, but that's it. But the rumors are saying that this is going to be kind of another relaunch, and it might tie in more with the movies and TV shows, and just kind of focus on those characters and some creative like title shifts and all that stuff. So I'm just really anxious to find out what this is going to be because. I kind of said, sent a tweet about this referring to where this can make or break, you know, my future DC comic collecting besides Batman. Because, I mean, we just got to the New 52, and I do think the New 52 has, it's run, it has run its course. I think it's time for a change. But for me, I just kind of want to go back to that old continuity. And maybe this is just kind of selfish thinking since that's what I grew up with. But just that rich history that we've had with all those stories in the past before the new 52. And yeah, I'm mainly talking about Batman. I'm just going to focus on that for this discussion because the rich history that Batman had and the way they tried to take bits and pieces of it and cram it into the new 52 continuity in that short five year period. And we talked about it at nauseum on our past episodes, how it really didn't work. So if we were to just go back to that, I would be really happy. And I just don't want another reboot and like another universe starting up again where we're going to have three different continuities now post uh new 52 new 52 and pre-new 52 <laughs> like nah just either go back or retool the new 52 i don't know i i'd want them to just go back so that's my ultimate thing even though i know it's not going to do it but one thing i will say and we talked about this on one of our future topics where what if the idea of bringing batman it's like one continuity with the movies and uh, comic books and stuff. If they were to do something like that, I mean, it kind of got me thinking about that, where if the rumors about it tying in with movies or being more like the movies, if they were to do that, I just want to see them try, because I, I would be down for that if they actually kind of went with that idea I was thinking of, where the Batman title will be set in the movie universe. or Because yeah. I'd rather have it be set in the universe and not just kind of have it, you know, it has certain things from it, certain characters, but yet it's still its own thing. Just, I would say just go all out and embrace it. Because part of it is right. that Batman is going to be you know, a book that comes out twice a month. And that's kind of the reason why Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are going to leave it. The rumor is that they're going to move on to Detective to kind of tell their own thing that won't affect what's going on in the main Batman title. So, I don't know. It's a lot of questions right now, but if they want to have it tie into the movies, I say just have it be in that continuity. Don't try to make it like it, but yet be its own thing, because that just gets confusing. And for me, it gets annoying, because especially I talked about that with that early Batman Beyond comic book where it tried to do both, and it didn't work for me. So I say either go full on embrace it or continue to be its own comic book continuity. But uh, definitely for sure, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder are leaving Batman because they've said that in tweets and kind of, you know, thanking each other and what it's privilege it's been to work on that book for over 50 issues and he did not say for sure that he's going on to detective but scott snyder did say that him and greg are going to be working on their biggest dc project ever we just don't know what that is so i'm kind of thinking maybe it's going to be a big event series i would love to see scott snyder do an event series and with greg capullo i mean both both of them have obviously established themselves as great partners and i would love to see them do a big project together so and just to find out what that is and just what this whole rebirth thing is all about. So I'm just waiting to hear the announcement from DC. That's about it. So I don't know. What's your take on all this, Dane? Well, I mean, 
here's what I heard, Tim. Um, I think it's going to be a separate line of books, meaning it, it is going to be tied tied in with the movies and the, the TV shows and stuff, but it's going to be its own separate thing. Like, let's say they're going to take Batman, the, the, the Batman title, and make it more closer to the movies, while Detective Comics is going to be uh, more in line with the New 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be two separate things. You know, one's going to be the sort of, I mean, this is how I described it to Mark. Um, you know, let's say Batman's going to be the more McDonald's version, McDonald's menu of, you know, the DC universe, while Detective Comics is going to be more of the, um, I don't know, fine restaurant where, you know, fine restaurant menu mm-hmm. where it's going to have the greater uh, history and lore to it. While Batman's just going to be this sort of, I wouldn't say shallow, but more user-friendly sort yeah. of feel to it. More accessible, not, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be you have to read all of these books before you can even start to understand what's going on. It's going to be more of a, you know, pick up and go kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool as long as, like you said, just make it its own separate continuity. I mean, if you're going to have to, I just compare it to to the Marvel Universe and the Marvel um, Ultimate Universe. Yeah. They were both going out at the same time. Just make it clear that they're both different continuities. So you know which ones to get and which ones tie into each other. Don't try to be all cute and try to make them, oh, if you wanted them to be in the same universe, you can kind of put the pieces together where they are. But yet there's a bunch of things that contradict each other that doesn't make it work. So just make them separate if you're going to go that route. I think I'd be okay with that because I'd love to see comics and stuff continue on the movie universe or the TV show universe like with Flash and Arrow. I think that'd be cool. But again, just make it its own thing. Have it be with that. Don't try to connect it with anything else. That's my big worry or at least my hope is that they realize that that, I think anyway, would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, and I think that's what they're doing. It's going to be two separate things so that they can, um, you know, bring in more fans to the comics. And maybe if you, you read this sort of, I don't know, pick up and go comic book, maybe you'll start reading the the comic books with a lot more depth and a lot more history and lore and all that other stuff. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and I'm just curious too, like I said, if they're going to do another reset or, you know, the New 52 continuity is still going to stay or go back to the pre-New 52 comic. Yeah. Hoping for that I one. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't been a new comic reader in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I would hate to get in. I mean, even with the New 52, I would, I would have hated to have to get into comics with the New 52 because it's confusing because they're picking and choosing what they want to. Yeah. That's the opposite do. effect of what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, you got to ask yourself, what is the new 52? And why is there this other stuff? Well, you know, they say they're restarting the universe or whatever, you know? Yep. So maybe this will be more of the accessible sort of thing, you know? Yeah, and again, it's only been five years. We're going on year five since the new 52. And even though I've said... I think it's run its course and should go back to its old ways. But does DC feel that? And just even the comic industry in itself and other readers. Because to me, that would seem like it's too short to be rebooting and resetting everything again. 
I mean, so that's what I'm curious. The title Rebirth, I mean, DC's done Rebirth stories with Green Lantern and Flash that, you know, weren't reboots, but it brought, you know, the characters back in how Jordan and Barry Allen as, you know, Flash and Green Lantern. Are they going to do something similar to that with the other characters? I mean, yeah, just still questions that <laughs> we're, I'm dying to know the answers to you from DC. Just what exactly we're going to be expecting with this. And I'm surprised we haven't gotten it yet because Jim Lee and Dan DiDio tweeted out that Rebirth image um, a week ago as we're recording this podcast. So I thought we would have heard something by now because I think usually when they kind of tease something, we get it a few days afterwards and we're going on a week. So maybe by the time this episode goes up and you're listening to it, it will be out there and I'll be sounding like an idiot right now <laughs> wanting to know what it is. And everyone out there has the answers already, but Hopefully we'll get an answer soon about it. Do you think that's a good idea, though, to have two? One more accessible, one more, you know... I, I'll say I think it's worth a try to yeah. get that. Just don't over-flood each continuity with books that it's just a hassle to keep up with. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hoping is. If they still have, you know, 52 titles out there, this divide that by two between each continuities and split them up. Don't have like 52 for each, <laughs> for each universe. That would get a little crazy, but right. Yeah. So we'll see, especially with Batman coming out twice a month. I wonder how that's going to work. And you know, if it's going to have, you know, two different writers for each issue that comes out that month, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. But until we find out, uh, which hopefully will be soon, <laughs> we got some other stuff, at least that, I'm excited about because the other big announcement that came just yesterday uh, before we recorded this episode, we're getting a brand new justice league animated series. And as cool as that is, the best part is Kevin Conroy's back as Batman and Mark Hamill is back as Joker. I mean, <laughs> could it get any better than that really? But yeah, this announcement came yesterday. It's going to be on cartoon network, no release date or anything. Um, it's going to, have some exec- executive producers from Green Lantern, the animated series, um, you know, Jim Craig, I believe I might, I'm probably forgetting or butchering his last name, but, uh, and then also we got veterans from Batman, the animated series, Justice League and Batman Beyond, Butch Lukic, who is a great director in Batman, the animated series and Justice League and Alan Burnett, of course, one of the big three <laughs> as far as, or I'll say big four of the Batman, the animated series with Bruce Timm, Baldini and Eric Radomski. Alan Burnett was always a big part of that group also. So it's in great hands, but I'm sure, and I've seen a little bit of reaction from this, from the image that they put out, it is going to be more on the kid-friendly side. So it's not going to be, you know, like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited or the DC animated movies that are coming out now. And I don't think it's going to be as, you know, kid-friendly and wacky as Teen Titans Go, but it might be somewhere in the middle between that and something like Justice League. More kid-friendly, but, you know, still something that adults can enjoy and get a kick out of. And it's called Justice League Action, so we can expect a lot of action, <laughs> I, I would think, from that title. But I don't know, what do you think about it, Dane? Did you see that uh, teaser image they put out? Yeah, um, but you kind of scared me off because it's going to be more kid-friendly and um, it's just the hijinks they get into. Um yeah, it's, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's... I know you weren't a big fan of Brave and the Bold either, but you know that was kind of geared towards a young audience. But yet, it respected the Batman mythos like as good as any show out there. And maybe 
even embrace his mythology more than any show <laughs> out there for Batman. And if it's anything like that, I'll be sold on it. But the character designs, you know, you got to wait till you see him in motion, but it does, I mean, it does look kid-friendly. There's no other way around it, the way Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman look. Batman even almost has a little smile smirk on his face, but at the same time, you got Kevin Conway and Mark Hamill in there, I'm going to watch regardless of how it looks. <laughs> it's, I just... Their performances are legendary, and I'm sure it's going to be a different aspect to their performance that we're not used to since from the animated series in Arkham. So I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to it. And one thing I will say that has me a little concerned, which has nothing to do with Justice League action as a series, but we've saw pictures of Mark Hamill and Kevin Conway together in the studios, and we've heard rumors about them doing the killing joke, in particular Mark Hamill. And when I heard this, I went, Oh no, it's just the only project they've been working on and not killing joke. (laughs) Got me a little nervous, but at the same time, they could always do both. (laughs) I think they could easily work that around their schedule. So that was a little cause for concern. Like, oh, I hope this isn't the only DC Batman related project they've been working on because I'm dying for them to do the killing joke. Yeah. And if it's uh, geared more towards kids, maybe, maybe it won't be a one-and-done kind of thing, like, uh, what was the last Batman series? The, the Beware CG the Batman. One? Yeah, Beware the yeah. Batman. That disappeared really fast. So maybe if it's geared more towards kids, it'll have a, you know, like a second season. Yeah. I mean, j- just think about that, Tim. A second season for a Batman show. I know. We haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> <Since> <laughs> that, old. That's not just going to disappear out of nowhere. So maybe if it has a second season, maybe if you watch it, maybe I'll watch it too. <laughs> oh, I'll be sure to give you my report. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that's different about it too, it's not going to be a 20 minute, it's going to be a 20 minute show, but there's going to be two like 11 minute uh, short or like stories as one episode. So it's going to be like you get one short 11 minute story, then after that's done, you'll get another one right after. So the full story is not going to be all 20 minutes. It's going to be broken down into two stories which should be different and probably allows them the chance to focus on several other DC characters that they want to feature on it too, as part of the Justice League team. It does sound like Brave and the Bold in that aspect too, because, you know, each episode featured a different DC character that Batman would team up with. So it sounds like the main, the big three, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are going to be the heroes you probably see the most of. And then throughout the course of different episodes, you'll see other heroes join them. So I think in the press release, Booster Gold, is announced to be in there, our favorite. <laughs> and uh, Lex Luthor is announced by... James Wood is actually going to play Lex Luthor, <laughs> which would be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for it, despite it being more towards a younger fan base. I mean, we got the DC animated movies for us older fans, and going back watching old animated series stuff, <laughs> which I'm actually just started uh, a rewatch of Batman the Animated Series in the lead-up to Batman v Superman, which I like to kind of make that my tradition whenever there's a new Batman movie coming out. I wasn't able to for Dark Knight Rises, but I wanted to get back into it with this one. So that's been fun going through those episodes. So there's plenty of animated stuff for all ages of DC fans. So if this one's geared towards a more younger fan base, I'm good with it. And I'm sure I'll just get a kick out of (laughs) seeing uh, the action that's in it and just hearing Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill's performance. Yeah, that reminds me of that, that picture you posted of the uh, title card for the last laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> then when you hear that theme music that goes with it, ah, I love that song. Yeah. It, that, 
And then you hear that drum beat kick in. Yeah. It's like they both shouldn't go together, that creepy image and that music. But How they, is this for kids? Yeah, but they go perfectly when you see them. <laughs> when you see it and hear it, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, man, that's creepy. And that was what made the uh, the animated series so great, those title cards. Yeah. Because it would be a different one for each, each, uh, each episode. Yeah, but it was something you look forward to, like not just the episode, but what the title card is going to look like. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, it's been great going through the rewatch. <laughs> if you're following me on Twitter, I usually I tweet about every episode I watch and just gush and gush at how much I love it. <laughs> yeah. And apparently I have to watch The Last Laugh again because I got to see that scare, that creepy, scary title card. Yep. <laughs> and plus, it's a good episode, too. Yeah. But... We got to mention this too, Dane. Another cool thing about the Stutz League action announcement, we tweeted out the story about it in the announcement, you know, saying how excited we are about Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill being back. And Mark Hamill favored our tweet, and you and me just geeked out about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, because, I mean, this was in the middle of the day, and I was having the worst, most terrible day yesterday. You can't even imagine how bad my day was, but um, that totally made my day 100% better. That's awesome. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure he favorites a lot of tweets, but it it, it just my, made my day. Hey, I totally get it, man. I, he yeah. favorited, he's favorited two of my tweets before, like talking about uh, his appearance on Flash, and then I tweeted something out about him being – a voice on an upcoming season of Ninja Turtles. And he favored both of that. And it's just a really cool feeling that Mark Hamill saw your tweet, liked it enough to favorite it, and you know, just give you that little acknowledgement. I mean, he's probably forgotten by now, but for a brief moment yesterday, he knew about the Batman's podcast. And that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that was... Made my day, like I said. And it was pretty cool. <laughs> Gotta take a screen, grab that image, print it out, frame it. <laughs> <laughs> Hang it on the wall. It's a, a monumental moment for our podcast that we'll never forget. Yeah, I think this is going to be the highlight of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not have Mark Hamill on the show, but he favorited our tweet. Yeah, he favorited our tweet once. <laughs> yeah, once. <laughs> Hopefully more. But keeping on the animated theme, uh, they just put out the trailer for the upcoming DC animated movie, Justice League versus Teen Titans. It's going to be the follow-up to Batman Bad Blood, which... It's been out digitally, but I'm waiting for the Blu-ray, so I'll be picking that up next week, and I'll finally be able to see it, probably talk about it on the next episode. But hearing good things about it, so I'm excited to see it. But Justice League Teen Titans, or Versus Teen Titans, looks cool. I mean, it's kind of what you expect just by the title. You know they're probably going to fight, and what would be the reason for them to fight? The Justice League gets taken over, like their minds get controlled. It looks like they're bringing in um, Trigun, Raven's father, and he's going to be, you know taking possession of the Justice League's body, having him fight the Teen Titans. The animation looks cool. I like the Teen Titan designs. You got Blue Beetle, Beast Boy, Raven, and uh, Starfire. It's going up against different members of the Justice League. And of course, I think the main draw is going to be Damien is actually going to be part of the Teen Titans or at least help work with them to defeat the Justice League. Animation looks good. The action looks good. I think it's cool they're using the different villain like Trigon. But probably my favorite part of the trailer was uh, I think Beast Boy says something to Robin. How are you going to take out Superman? And like 
Robin just turns around and just gives him a little smile or a smirk, saying, like, I got a way to do it. And it just made me think, oh, he knows about that little piece of kryptonite that Batman has stored away in the Batcave. So it, little things like that got me excited about the movie and kind of the dynamic that's going to play out between Damien and the rest of the Teen Titans. So I'm excited for it. And, Dane, I'll be sure to let you know how this one is. <laughs> yeah, I always wait for your review. You still but, have to uh, check out Batman vs. Robin. I just watched that one again a week ago. It's it's really good. I just love what they did with the Court of Owls. Even though it wasn't a perfect adaption, I thought they brought in enough elements for that to make it really work. And the fight yeah. scenes on that were some of the best. It's really good. I was just thinking, like every time I watch Batman the Animated Series, and I know this is redundant, and I'm sure it's been said before by us or other people, especially Tim. <laughs> um, but it, it's so unlike a children's cartoon where it's loud and wacky and crazy and things like that. I mean, just listening to the dialogue, it's, it, it's just so quiet and dark and there's not a lot of dialogue in it. And yeah. it, it, it that's always struck me as something unique that Batman, the animated series has that no other children's cartoon would even, even think about attempting. Yep, especially nowadays, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they probably think kids will lose interest to it if there's not that much dialogue. Yeah, and wackiness and loud voices. But you you listen to Kevin Conroy, and he, he's not yelling and he's not screaming or, you know, saying something, you know, crazy. He He's really calm and not not loud, you know. It, it's almost like he's whispering those lines. Especially early on in the series, as I'm rewatching yeah. them again, the first like five or six, it's you can tell the progression in his voice as the series goes along, but it definitely has that more mellow tone in the early ones. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta rewatch Batman the Animated Series. That's <laughs> you should join my rewatch. <laughs> you won't regret it. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, I do have all the episodes, um, on iTunes, and I have it. Uh, have the box set. Yeah, I have the DVD box set too, but it's they're all on Amazon Prime, so it's more convenient that way. <laughs> Just have them all there, not have to switch disc or anything. So that's how I'm watching it right now. So you you bought the hard copy and you bought the digital copy. Well, I didn't buy the digital copies. It's some are Amazon Prime members are on their streaming services, so. Oh, Tim, what kind of Batman fan are you? (laughs) (laughs) I already double-dipped on the DVD purchases. I got the original season box sets, and then I got the big, complete box set that came out. (laughs) Oh, Tim, you're forgetting your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I'll buy them right now on digital. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing we won't be buying on digital is that Teen Titans TV show on TNT that we've heard almost, what, two years ago now? (laughs) (laughs) Nice tie-in. Yeah. Uh, this was it's kind of old news but since we didn't talk about any news topics on our 100th episode thought we'd finally put to bed this story where tnt passes on that teen titan show and if they're passing on it saying you know the story just wasn't right it's probably for the best it sounds it's from what we've heard it doesn't sound like they really got together for it to be something really good and unique that it would need to be so and there's also reports saying that maybe the cyborg movie might transition into a teen titans movie so who knows what they're going to do with those characters, but in the end, if they weren't happy with the story and it wasn't anything unique, then just don't make it at all. If it was going to be bad, don't make it. So, And it's probably a good thing in the end. So that's it for that <laughs> Teen Titans show. We won't have to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Now, it, this, 
Go ahead, Tim. No, I was just going to say, and are you really that surprised since it was being developed by what was it, Akiva Goldsman, I think his name is? Yeah. The guy who wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> well, he did do, uh, what movie was it? Was it A Beautiful Mind? I think it was that one. No, 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 it's a recent movie. It it, it wasn't Steve Jobs, was it? No, 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 that was... There's a lot of Steve Jobs movies, so maybe he did one of them. Or maybe he did... Uh... Straight out of Compton. Did he? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I gotta look this up. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things you have to look up. Yeah. Well, it'd be good if he's known for something else that was really good besides, you know, just being remembered as the guy who wrote Batman Forever. <laughs> Batman Forever. <Robin. laughs> well, he did the uh, the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Wasn't that kind of received like it was mixed amongst uh, audiences? Yeah. Or I guess fans of the book didn't really like it. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it was called uh, uh, Titans. Right? Which one? Well, that was the last movie that he did? No, no, no. The um, live-action TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, talking about Wrath of the Titans? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> was director... Directorial debut is rotten at thirteen percent. <laughs> what movie is that? Uh, it's a movie. I've never heard of this movie, but apparently it was a. Uh, it was. It was in theaters. It's called a, uh, not a Winter's Tale, but Winter's Tale. It stars uh, uh, Colin Farrell and somebody named Jessica Brown Finley. Yeah, that does not ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. A young immigrant couple is refused entry into Manhattan because they have consumption. When their <laughs> infant son is not allowed entry into the country without them, the couple place him in a model sailboat named City of Justice. <laughs> wow. In which the baby floats to the New York City shoreline. Wow. Yes. So that's why I didn't make a splash. Well, I think I'm going to go rent that one right now. Yeah, I mean, ju- just to see how terrible it is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, can it be any worse than Batman and Robin? Well, it sounds worse. <laughs> 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 at least Batman and Robin has Batman and Robin in it. Uh, you can laugh at, I guess. Yeah. Hans Zimmer did the, uh, the score for it, though. <laughs> well, there could be one saving grace, maybe. <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Connelly, uh, William Hurt, Russell Crowe's in it. Hmm. Will Smith is in it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was part of his string of bad movies that you were talking about recently. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah oh my God. Let's see. What are his last? Lone Survivor. He was a producer on that. The Divergent series, Insurgent. He was the writer on it. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think that one was well received. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't? Let's see. What was the, the Rotten Tomatoes on that? I'd say for like 40 or 50. Mixed reviews. Uh, 29. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> 29. Uh, there's a movie called Rings. I don't know what this is. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. Uh, That's going to be his big one. <laughs> Watch. Well, I mean, he did do Jonah Hex. He did that too. Wow. Yeah, he was a producer on it. 
uh, as well as all uh, all of the parano- paranormal activity movies besides the first one. So two, three, and four. Man, yeah, he does not have the best track record. <laughs> no, he doesn't. So, so why is he so well regarded? Okay, he did win the Oscar, I think, for A Beautiful Mind. I think that's probably what got him a lot of notoriety. Yeah, but that was an adapted screenplay. True, yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't get an adapted screenplay for Batman and Robin. <laughs> he was yeah. adapting from Heart of Ice, kind yeah. of. <laughs> well, he did Deep Blue Sea. Lost in, he did Lost in Space, the remake. The one with... Um, Oh, what's his name? Yeah, the guy from Friends, right? Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see what that got on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, I never saw that, but I thought it was, I guess for the time, it was like... <laughs> you got a 42. Yeah, well, better than the Divergent series. <laughs> oh, Weren't people going crazy for that movie, though? Yeah, it has its fan base, yeah, but yeah. not as big as like the Hunger Games. Right. Oh yeah, I was thinking of, of the the Hunger Games this whole time. No, okay, <laughs> no, yeah, I've never seen those, but those are well received. I know a lot of people love them, so I yeah. Well, like I tried that. to watch, I, I tried to watch the first, um, the first movie in that series, and it's one of those things where I think I said this before on the podcast, but it's one of those things where you need to read the books or you need to know what's going on okay. because they. It's kind of like Star Wars without the beginning, the 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 crawl, okay. where it just, just jumps you. Yeah, it just jumps you straight okay. into, you know, a huge civil war. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and at least Star Wars it does say it, it is a period of civil war, so you know yeah. going in. And you know that Leia stole the, uh, the the plans for the Death Star. Yeah, I still want to check those out because, like I said, I mean. Makes tons of money. I know a lot of people like them. And yeah. I heard the good, so <laughs> one day I should check them out. But anyway. Yeah, so Teen Titans TV show, dead. <laughs> Akiva Goldsman, still no good movies. <laughs> <laughs> At least in our opinion. But that's about it for the news topics that we've had since our 100th episode. So I guess we can move on to a conversation with Alex. And I just got to bring that email up. And we'll be ready to go. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to be ready, Tim. All right. Now, see, I have my show notes up, and then I got to switch over to the email. <laughs> uh. But now it's here. And Alex says, "Hey, hey, hey! Episode 100 was phenomenal. It was so cool to hear old host voices again, and I really enjoyed hearing their thoughts again on the state of the Batman universe. You brought back a lot of great memories with your retrospective." And it just reinforced how awesome your podcast is. Thank you so much. No, the thanks goes to you, Alex. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed our 100th episode. And kind of like you, it brought back good memories when we went back and talked about all that stuff. So glad to hear you enjoyed it. And he says, all right, there's just so much to talk about. But I guess I'll stick with the new stuff. Holy Bohemian Rhapsody. Or actually, this says Holy Bohemian Mayhem, Batman. <laughs> that Suicide Squad trailer was great. I'm sold on the Joker. I love the various looks they've given him. I really love Batman, so I'm super stoked for BBS, but Suicide Squad looks like it's going to be a far better film. See, Alex is another one who's more excited for Suicide Squad. I'm starting to feel like I'm the only one who's really more pumped for Batman v Superman, but uh, I'm sure there's others out there, but 
since it's the first, I think by the time we get to March, that's going to be all everyone's on on everyone's mind <laughs> as far as DC fans goes. So then he says the cinematography and acting look like it's going to be above most superhero films. I think there's a lot of good superhero flicks out there, but I don't think any of them have reached the greatness of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. But Suicide Squad could be the one. Although I don't think a BVS would ever get to the height for me, no matter how directed it is, because it has Superman. Lex Luthor is my favorite supervillain. Yes, I prefer him to the Joker, but I'm not the biggest fan of Superman. I like the story Superman for all seasons and Kingdom Come, but he's my least favorite member of the Big Seven. Or at least the, at least the original Big Seven. Nah, I actually like Cyborg even more than him. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Thor outside the movies and the 60s cartoons, but he seems to fix everything I don't like about Superman. Although, although Superman has been in more movies than Thor. Anyways, that Wonder Woman footage. Where did that come from? I didn't know they were going to show anything this early, but I'm happy. It looks fantastic. So far, I think it looks like another quality film that's going to be up there with Batman Begins as a mature superhero origin film. I love that they're doing a World War One piece. Gal Gadot looks awesome. Did you guys see the Teen Titans vs. Justice League trailer? Yes, we did. I actually much prefer the Teen Titans to the Justice League, so I'm excited for it. Batman, Wally West Flash, and Wonder Woman are really the only Justice League members that I care for. But I like everyone on the Teen Titans. Although, this is not the Teen Titans lineup I read, with Wally West, Raven, Dick Grayson, Donna Troy, Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy, and Cyborg. I'm still looking forward to seeing this new set of characters. The designs look great. I haven't been interested in the movies outside of Assault on Arkham, but I'm hoping this is good. And his questions. What criteria do you have to make your ideal superhero film? And what criteria do you have to make the perfect film within each of your favorite genre of film? For me, I guess that my easy answers as far as what would make the perfect film, just look at The Empire Strikes Back. Because to me, <laughs> that's the perfect movie. Great story, cool action, mixed with comedy, drama. It has everything. And it, this flows so great. So if that's my idea of a perfect movie, just take that formula and adapt it <laughs> into whatever story you're trying to tell. But for my ideal superhero film, I know it kind of depends on the character. But for me personally, I like more of the dark and like serious stuff that we look to be getting with the DC movies and what we got in the Dark Knight trilogy. So, and as much as I love the Marvel films and they're fun and they are funny, and they're great. I love them. But I do, if I had to like pick which one I prefer more, the dark, serious tone or the more lighthearted, lighthearted fun stuff, I would go more towards the dark and serious stuff. That's just the preference I love better. So, that's the kind of the criteria I have for just kind of have it be more of a serious. Sure, you can have jokes in there, but don't go too over the top where you try to make it a comedy. So, that's my ideal superhero film and for just films in general just be like empire strikes back <laughs> that's the simplest answer that i could give for it yeah for a second question i'm gonna i'm gonna have to agree with you tim because you can't get more perfect than that right nope <laughs> it's <laughs> the only film i consider perfect even though i don't get it when reviews say this movie isn't perfect i mean like because then they say because no movie is so why even bother saying that but Empire Strikes Back to me is the perfect film, even though I'm sure people have nitpicks and can find out why it's not perfect. To me, I have pretty much nothing to complain about it or have no faults with it. Yeah. And as for his first question, um, I don't really know because it's so hard to define nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just say 
it has to be serious. It has to be dark because look at this Deadpool movie that's coming out. It doesn't look serious or dark. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. So, um, I think nowadays you can't really define or make any sort of criteria of what a superhero movie should be because it's so varied nowadays. Yep. So I'm sorry, Alex, but I, I don't think there's like a certain thing that you have to have. I mean, besides the superhero in it, you know, and just have a good story. That's the most right. important part. Story oh, and characters. Have a good story. Have good characters. Have good actors. Have yeah. a good script. <laughs> that would help too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for Alex's question. So thanks, as always, for your email. And again, glad you really enjoyed the 100th episode. It was a really fun one to record. And we have one from Mark. Mark is back with sending us an email. And he says, hey, Tim and Dane, I really enjoyed your 100th podcast special. I'm really happy I found this podcast and I've been able to come on and chat. I'm going to keep my email nice and short this week. So how about that new Suicide Squad trailer? It's something special. The Wonder Woman footage is pretty great as well. What did you guys enjoy from the DC Justice League special? Batman 48 was really great, and I'm pretty pumped for Batman 50. My last question will be on the new D- the news of DC Rebirth. I do think this will be a positive change for DC and an apology for conversions. I do believe we will be seeing a true blending of the old continuity and new. An interview with Newsarama that Dan Jurgis talked about how Lois and Clark will be part of Rebirth. I'd like your guys' take on the news. Cheers, and take it easy. Thanks for the email, Mark, and glad you enjoyed the 100th podcast episode, too. I'm glad it's getting good feedback on it. And, yeah, the Suicide Squad trailer, as you said, and what we thought of the Justice League uh, special, um, hopefully yeah, you enjoyed our take on it, as we talked about earlier, but needless to say, it was awesome. And just glad that, I know there are some naysayers on Suicide Squad, there's always some out there, but the majority, and at least the people that I talk to, it seems to be pretty positive on it, so that's cool. And I think I'd have to agree with you, Mark, that Wonder Woman footage was great and that, for me, that was probably the highlight of the special because it was just so unexpected. And as far as the whole convergence, I mean, the rebirth and being an apology for convergence, that would be great. <laughs> I know I didn't read Convergence and I heard it wasn't that great. Kind of felt I didn't miss much with that. But if they blend the old continuity with the new, I, I, I don't want them to do that. I just want them to either be in with the old continuity or be in fully with the new 52 continuity because they already picked and choose like I talked about already from the old one into the new 52 and it just didn't work. I just want them to have uh, pick a course, stay with it. And even if I'm not keen on some of the directions they've gone with the new 52, that'd just be better if you just continue on with it instead of picking and choosing again. I think that's the worst thing they could do. So yeah, this again, this really anxious to find out what this is so we can, not have all these questions and start getting an idea of what we can come to expect with this whole rebirth thing. Cause I'm really anxious for it. I know Mark is too. We've been talking about it on Twitter. It's like any news about this show? No, I haven't heard anything. Like when are we going to find out? Because they're teasing us and these rumors are coming out, but they're not addressing them. So when is going to be the right time to do it? Cause I don't think there's any big conventions coming up soon. I mean, we know San Diego comic-con's a while away. So I don't think they're going to wait that long to announce it. So uh, we just got to continue on to wait, I guess. It's probably going to be out of the blue on a day we don't expect it. Like, oh, we're, here's our new DC universe. And go on and uh, make of it what you will and give your reactions about it. So 
just got to have to wait and see, I guess. But thanks for the email as always, Mark. Good to hear back from you. And hopefully we'll hear from you again on the next episode. And with that, that's going to do it for our listener feedback and conversation with Alex. So we can go ahead and get into our comic reviews. And for this episode, we're going to be have three titles that we're going to do. One of them has been out for a while, but I'm going to play and catch up on it. And that one is going to be Batman Europa number three. And we also got Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two and Batman 48. And for our rating scale for this one, I'm thinking, Dane, it has to be something with uh, Tom Hanks movie stories or Kiva <laughs> Goldsman movies. Which one is going to be the more appropriate, I think? Um, <laughs> unreliable narrators in Tom Hanks movies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, spoilers for all the books we're going to talk about. Um, we don't hold back on anything. So <laughs> if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to hold off on hearing this part and come back. But... Some of these titles have been out for a few weeks now, so I think it should be pretty good <laughs> about these uh, comics we're going to talk about for this episode. So the first one is going to be Batman Europa 3. This is the third issue out of four, so we only got one more to go. And I I have to say right now, I'm just not enjoying this one anymore. I, could, I just can't get into the concept of Batman teaming up with the Joker. In the first issue, I was intrigued with it. We'll see how it goes and see how they play off each other, but the more I read it, the more I just don't think it works where how Batman can team up with some, you know, his worst enemy, the person who's caused him so much damage, killed so many people. And it's almost like a buddy uh, comedy, buddy, buddy cop movie type scenario where, yeah, he doesn't like him, but it's almost in that joking kind of way. And to me, it's just not clicking, just knowing how evil the Joker is and just, you know, how much <laughs> they hate each other. So it's just not flying. And the, Story of this issue, yeah, you can argue that Batman has a good reason because he's literally dying. Him and Joker have the same virus and he's just using him, but I still think he would find some other way or use the Joker in some other way instead of, you know, just kind of being his partner and being all buddy buddy with him. But yeah, this issue, Joker, I mean, they're in Paris. Joker's going into this underground lair that he knows about where he finds all these, you know, rich, like, famous people in Paris who are obsessed with the Joker. Kind of like their own little like cult following that they have of them. They have makeup celebrating the Joker. They almost look like him. He's going there to get information on where to find that Trojan horse, the person who gave him this virus and is making him go through all of Europe and work together to find out what's going on and get this cure. So they do end up finding the person behind this. They don't say who he is, but he does. It's like a cross between Batman and the Joker, like melded into one, this weird bat creature with the Joker grin and makeup on. He just he looks weird. And he's able they confront him, but he's able to escape. And it kinda ends where, you know, okay, we gotta move on to the next location, which is gonna be Rome. So each issue they're in a different location. Like I said, this one's in Paris and looks like they're gonna have their final confrontation with uh, whoever's in charge this Joker Batman hybrid in Rome. So yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm gonna get the last one just to see where it wraps up, but I'm not expecting too much from this one. Just not, like I said, not buying into the whole Joker Batman dynamic. And the art on this one um, was not as good as the previous issue. It was just, I think it was done by a different artist named uh, Diego Latore. Um, this this one was just a little too you know out there with the Joker designs and the the Batman. Like a lot of it, I guess you can kind of say it fits the 
visuals as far as maybe Batman and Joker and how they're viewing things being affected with this virus and things aren't looking like they seem, but it looked a little too artsy for me. If that's a way I could describe it, if that makes sense, but it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed. So yeah, Batman Europa number three, just going to get, uh, I'm going to go pretty low on this one. I'm going to go one and a half out of five unreliable narrators and Tom Hanks movie. This one's kind of losing steam for me. It's like each issue. It's, Good thing it's only four, so I don't have to endure it too long. But I don't think it panned out as what I was hoping it would from the first issue. So it's a little disappointing. Oh. Yeah. So is this going to be a drop? Yeah. Wow. Like I said, only one more issue, so I'll get the last one to see how it ends. But that's not going to be something I look back on and remember fondly. When we do our year in review <laughs> episode for 2016, this isn't going to get the best comic story of the year, that's for sure. Oh, so I like the can't remember what the name was but the new adams um oh well, odyssey batman. yeah batman odyssey yeah. i don't think it's that bad but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely isn't yeah see kind of i i wouldn't recommend you read it but i'm just curious if you did read it what would you think about the joker batman dynamic just that idea of them working together it seemed crazy but yet I was willing to see how it would play out and it's not playing out <laughs> how I wanted to, or see, I didn't even know how I wanted it to play out, but the way it is, it's just not working for me. I was just wondering how other people are reacting to it. Well, how could it work out good? Yeah. That's like, well, you see the perp they did it in Arkham Knight because the kind of way they were working together, but Joker wasn't there. He was just in Batman's head, but yet they were going on every, uh, mission in case that batman had to take in that game joker was along the ride with him but yet they weren't working together he was still just taunting him and you know tormenting him in his head but yet they were together so that was probably the best way <laughs> you could ever make that work with them you know being paired up for a full story but anyway <laughs> moving on from one i was disappointed with to one that i absolutely loved <laughs> batman teenage mutant ninja turtles number two Boy, when this story uh, crossover was announced, this issue was exactly was what I was hoping it would be. Just pure Batman Ninja Turtles geeky awesomeness, man. Because <laughs> this one was all about the turtles fighting Batman. And boy, this action sequence did not disappoint. It just starts off right away. See, Michelangelo in a pizza shop was like, ah, like everybody run, there's a crazy bat suit guy trying to kill us. And he's like, ooh, some pizza. <laughs> but then Batman drags him back out with a rope but you see him getting pulled through the window again. Then you get this awesome paddle with all four turtles about to take on Batman. Batman's all like, like, or Leonardo's telling him, we can overwhelm him if we work together. And Batman's all like, you're welcome to try. And then the next few pages is this them trying to take on Batman without success. And Batman's able to dodge all their attacks, and they end up hitting each other with their weapons. Batman ends up taking some of the weapons. He takes Raphael's side. Uses it against Michelangelo's uh, nunchucks. He uses a Batmobile to get involved. He shocks Raphael, and then uh, just awesome seeing Batman take on the turtles. And if you know turtles lore and read their their comics and their stories, you know they're well trained in martial arts too. But they're still technically students. They're just teenagers. So taking on Batman, they wouldn't have much success. But Leonardo probably does the best as he probably should since he is the best fighter. And he doesn't get Batman too much, but he puts up or lasts longer than most of his other turtle brothers did. So it was just awesome to see it. Maybe if my one nitpick, 
I would have liked to see Leonardo do a little better. He is my favorite turtle, and he I know how good of a martial artist he is in the story. So he while they did show he was better than his other brothers, kind of would like to see him get one little blow in there with Batman. But that's just like one very small nitpick. But the turtles obviously aren't having success against Batman, so Splinter enters the action and you know kind of telling him to stop. But he has this great line for Batman because Batman just you know questions a rat. And he's all, what is stranger, an animal that acts like a man or a man who acts like an animal? And then him and Batman just go at it. And where the turtles failed, Splinter succeeds. While they really don't come to blows with each other, Batman tries to attack Splinter, but he's able to dodge it and just moves quicker than Batman anticipates. That one was well done, too, because, you know, Splinter is a martial arts master, years of training. If anyone was going to be able to dodge and out... uh, outmaneuver batman in his techniques it would be splinter so he just throws a smoke bomb and the turtles and splinter are able to escape how do you know all that <laughs> like oh no but leonardo was a better no, martial I, artist you're talking to someone who's well familiar in teenage mutant ninja turtles lore, so i know okay. my stuff <laughs> okay i trust you tim i trust you because you know if i want to criticize the uh which movie was it the ninja turtles 2 that had on vanilla ice. In yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I know you'll come up with some reason. Well, I don't know if I could defend it. Vanilla Ice, but I'm sure there's other aspects of that movie I could defend <laughs> and have a reason for. <laughs> but another moment I liked too was seeing all four turtles kind of cope with what they saw and dealt with with Batman. Each of them just has a different reaction. Donatello is just so curious; he wants to find out more about him, so he goes online to see what reports there are. Raphael, just you know. Kind of wants another crack at him, being that like, he doesn't like being beaten. Michelangelo just finds him so awesome, and can, he makes a pros and cons list on a board of saying what's awesome about Batman, but yet what's not. And then Leonardo kind of has this respect for him, you know, like about he was fighting like a detective, like he was studying us as he fought, and like we've never seen anything like that. So I just love how all of them were reacting. It just was so true to all four turtles' personalities of their characters. And just seeing them react to Batman, kind of as us as fans, the different reactions we have in different Batman stories, that was pretty cool. And something I didn't expect from the story, which took an interesting turn that I really liked, was the story, you know, it's pretty basic. Turtles got transported into Gotham, they got trying to find a way out of there. But uh, James Tinian added another wrinkle to it, which I thought was really cool. Since the Turtles are in another universe, and the mutagen that's in their blood is not from Batman's world... It doesn't like it doesn't know how to survive in this universe. So Batman's figured out that eventually they're gonna revert back to their original turtle forms. So Splinter overhears overhears that and knows you know they kind of have to hurry up and get things moving to get back to their own world. So it added this another wrinkle like to the story that I felt was really good. It's a sense of urgency for the turtles, you know, to kind of make their way out of this uh, universe, but also to team up with Batman to get it done. Because at the end. The splinter leads them, you know, he says, there's one person who can help us. And it's like, who is it? And he says, I think you'll find out pretty soon. It's this great page as they're making their way through these underground tunnels and they make their way up into the Batcave. And they're just all in awe, especially Michelangelo, of what <laughs> they see in there. You got the giant penny, you got all the Batman costumes on there. And then you see the big dinosaurs was uh, Michelangelo was already, <laughs> can't wait to touch and play with, you know, 
like am I dreaming or nobody allows nobody's allowed to pinch me if I am dreaming because I get to play with that dinosaur first well fun stuff like that I like where the story's going and then there was a cool moment with Shredder and kind of using the penguin you because know, he's trying to make the device to get out of this time period also and he uses penguin and his men to get what to get what he needs and then he just turns on him I love seeing the foot soldiers just take out all of penguin's thugs and shredder about to kill penguin but you know penguin talks his way out of it saying like he has all the money I have all the weapons that you don't need so you're better off keeping me alive but I love seeing shredder putting penguin in his place <laughs> who is a bigger threat here so everything about this issue I love it's working so well something crazy as batman teaming up with the turtles is turning into one of my favorite stories so i'm just in geek heaven when i read this issue so i'm giving this one five out of five unreliable sources in tom hanks movies everything i was hoping for is in this issue and i just can't wait for the next one and just hope it all wraps up into a great story because i'm enjoying it so much i would hate for it to be you know one of those series that at the end it kind of lost steam or the story uh didn't quite nail the landing as far as bringing everything together i hope it remains this consistent throughout all of its issues because it's been great so far it's kind of like they made this book just for you tim it does seem like that i gotta <laughs> be honest because <laughs> it's hitting all the right beats for me as a batman and turtles fan it's like i couldn't ask for anything better but moving on to the main batman book batman number 48 and batman 47 had a great cliffhanger of uh, looks like a normal Joker meeting Batman on that bench. And this issue, we got to see what happened with that. And I will say it is probably the better, the best part of this whole issue is that conversation between uh, a normal Joker and the Bruce Wayne as they're both in that bench. And I like how Joker's saying, you know, there was just something about this bench that makes us feel at peace. And it's so quiet here because he was saying how he was originally came to this spot to kill himself. But then when he sat here, in this park and this bench you couldn't help but smile and it's just so peaceful and calm here that he couldn't fire a gun off and then he just comes here you know to relax almost the same way bruce does to clear his mind and i do like how even though joker is he doesn't know he's a joker he's the same way as bruce but he's saying things that's getting bruce you know to question him like him being back as batman or knowing his past life as batman even though he's talking about different things like bruce was saying like what did you say when Joker would say, like, this is the only way, like, if you want to, like, go, you don't have to go back to your old, to your old life. Don't become who you were before. And, like, Batman's like, that, that shocks him, like, how do you know that? What do you mean? And Joker's like, no, I'm actually just talking about this lake. Like, I just want you to fix the pollution and problems going on this lake because it's so peaceful. I love this area. So while he doesn't think he's saying anything to mess with Batman's head, Batman's viewing that as, you know, this guy knows something about me and he's like pushing me towards, you know, going back to my old ways. So I did like that dynamic between them. It was kind of a little weird to see Joker in this state as someone normal, but yet you still sense that hint of Joker in there. So I thought all that stuff was great. But the thing with Mr. Bloom, he has Gordon and he's wreaking havoc on Gotham as he's a giant now. He's almost like a kaiju monster, <laughs> a very thin kaiju monster. And these uh, other people who were dressed as him, I thought it was in the other issue when they attacked uh, the police van that he was in, it was these other, it was the same Mr. Bloom, but he was able, you know, have his conscious split in other bodies, but there are actually other people in this costume that are working for him. So they're wreaking havoc on Gotham and he's making this big old speech about how, cit how citizens, you know, need to rely on themselves, like fight back from themselves. And he's 
left those seeds that um, he gave to those different gangs that enhanced them and give you those powers. He left them throughout the city and different people are getting their hands on him, wanting to take it. And the issue wraps up with Bruce going back to that youth center and because they're seeing the broadcast of Mr. Bloom going on. And when he was talking with the Joker, there was a big explosion that got their attention. That was actually a pretty good moment where it looks like Joker was going to shoot himself with the gun he brought. And you see the boom, but it actually wasn't the gunshot. It was from the explosion caused by Mr. Bloom's destruction. So that gets Batman's attention. He goes back to the youth center and he finds out one of the students there as kind of a way to, she wants to fight back about uh, Mr. Bloom, you know, be like Batman. She takes that seed and injects it into her body. And she just turns into this grotesque monster like Mr. Bloom is. And, you know, Batman and Julie Madison are in a state of shock. And in the meantime, the police force is bringing about those other Batman mech suits that they've had. Powers want to bring those online. They're going to use them to fight Mr. Bloom. And then Gordon, I don't know if he's going to survive this one. <laughs> Mr. Bloom, you know, stuck one of his like long pointed fingernails that he killed a lot of people with into Gordon's mouth. And it looks like it would kill him, but I don't know if they're actually going to do that. <laughs> We're curious to see how Gordon's going to get out of that. But the issue ended in a pretty good way where you see Alfred watching Mr. Bloom's broadcast and you just see this banging on the door. And Alfred's all like, no, I can't hear you. You're not coming in. And then you just see the door break down, and it's just Bruce in there. It says, take me to my cave. And Alfred's there crying with his hands over his ears. One thing he did not want to hear from Bruce, he said it. So that was a good way to to end the issue. But again, I said this before, probably sound like a broken record, but I'm just not into Mr. Bloom as the villain of the story. And while it is kind of cool that between what Duke said to Batman in the train station, the last issue, and then his conversation with Joker, that's kind of what's getting Bruce back to remember his past life as Batman and to come out of it. But I kind of wish it was to fight a threat that was something else other than Mr. Bloom. Cause I don't know, this seems doesn't seem something like a special that would need to bring Batman back as Dr. Hurt was and that whole thing with, you know, the identity of him possibly the mystery of him possibly being Thomas Wayne and being you know associated with the Wayne family there was, I felt there was like a sense of urgency and, and something special about that character and that story and his ties to Bruce Wayne that felt the necessary for him to come back as Batman and take him down and Grant Morrison's story I just don't get that with Mr. Bloom so that's probably my one disappointment with that and Bruce should be back in the next two issues as Batman so and the story will finally be wrapped up and I'll Curious to see like how I'm going to look back on this whole thing when it's all over and see what I think about it and how it ends. So we'll have to see. But as far as this issue, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five unreliable sources in Tom Hanks movies. And I think I've said a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> you said more than enough, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, if it wasn't obvious, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the highlight <laughs> of this past month of Batman comics. And maybe of the year. Right now, issue number two is looking like my Batman issue of the year so far. But still got a long way to go. But right now, that's ranking as number one on my list. Who would have thought, Tim? <laughs> maybe your book would be... <laughs> maybe if we get a Batman, Star Wars, or like Obi-Wan crossover comic series, that'll take over as number one. But <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I just want to read that just to see how they would try to make that work. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> Um, did you want me to say the outro part? Yes, go right ahead. 
All right, just go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse, at BatmanUniverse. You follow us on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. See, I said it, Tim. Thank you, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is at Dane Says Banana. Our show's Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast. And you can email us at BatfansWithoutPants at gmail.com. Just make sure you go onto iTunes and rate us. I don't know why I said that like that. <laughs> uh, just make sure you go over to iTunes, give us a rating, and um, yeah, that's it. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. We love you. We love you. We love you. Remember, if you're alone in this, if you're feeling alone in this world, just know that Tim and Dane love you, right, Tim? With all of our hearts. All of our hearts. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. Nah, see, I couldn't. I, I should have thought of uh, another way, a different language to say goodbye. But sayonara. I'm just gonna go with yeah, sayonara, everybody. <laughs> Next time I'll think of something different. That'll have to do. That'll have to do, Tim. Yeah, for this episode, I'm sorry, I was so unprepared. What's uh? Oh, adios. Just said adios. Adios, muchachos. Yeah, bro, it's right.